0: Welcome back to the show. As you can see, new setups. Is this like a new year, new me type deal? I feel like we're like a real podcast
1: now. Ooh, real. We podcast got these microphones. It's amazing. I'm glad you're here to set them up because it would take me a couple hours. I think what I do all the
0: time when I take on new projects, in particular. Is I tell myself I'm going to do it and I just like wait till an hour before to try it for the first time. Yep. And then I'm like, oh, there's like 14 other programs that I need to learn and use before this will actually function.
1: So I think the next thing we need is maybe a neon sign and back. Right. Definitely. Yeah, we can't need some, stop here. Some bobbleheads and shit like that up here. Yep. That way we can really go with the whole like podcast. And then there's a part of me that kind of wants to approach this as if I'm a sports broadcaster a little bit. Of course. Do you think the Avenir will just let us build a podcast studio in this room? Listen, I want the
0: same podcast studio that Rich Eisen has. Okay. (laughs) Been a while since we've been here, but today we're switching gears. I think we've done a lot of like in the news. We've done some, you know, what's relevant today. We've done a little bit of uh, a recap of questions that are hot on everybody's minds. Yep, yep. Today, conversation is going to be about if you want to get started investing, which yep. I think many people do, they're considering real estate investing in some capacity, doesn't matter what way, short term, long term, co-hosting, whatever it is, I think there's people re-evaluating it. If you're trying to get involved in real estate investing, what are the 10 tangible steps you can take to yep. get that started. And I think that's what today is gonna be about, is going through those steps from both perspectives, the lending and the real estate side to make
1: sure we're in alignment. Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? I mean, just buying real estate alone is investing, right? And it seems to be one that shields yourself from a lot of the other economic stuff that we'll deal with. To dig into that a little bit more, more so for people who wanna buy to invest too, right? right? Hey, I'm looking at an investment property, maybe not, hey, I'm buying a property instead of renting, but I'm buying a property solely to make money as well too.
0: That's right. So there, there is a key difference there, right? Some people are investing as a part of their purchase, right? Maybe house hacking where they're buying a residence that they intend to live in, yep. but they are going to rent it out or a portion of it out for some kind of income, for right? Sure. And they're right. technically investors, but I mean, they're also live-in occupants. Right. But on paper, when we're talking about a loan, an investor is somebody who's buying a property that they have no intention of living in that they are going to use in some capacity for either a rental like profit making purposes or potentially to flip, but they just have no intention of making it their residence.
1: Certainly. And I mean, we get asked this all the time, right? Whether they're they're looking around online, if they're watching TV, you know, HGTV sparks a lot of light bulbs with people in terms of investing, right? So all too often, we have people question us all the time of when's the right time, how to get into it, what do I need to be cognizant of? Right, right. And, you know, people like yourself and I, we take this stuff for granted because we know what we're doing. We understand the industry. But someone who's just doing their own research online, they could get pointed in the wrong direction or they could maybe figure out some stuff that may not put them to the where they can rent as well to, or invest as well, too.
0: 100% and I think actually, you know, that's just a natural lead into where this conversation starts. So number one on our list of the 10 things you should do to get started with investing today educate yourself yeah you really shouldn't do anything especially with a lot of money if you're not educated on what you're doing and I, I mean I maybe you have a different opinion but for me educating myself usually starts with books podcasts maybe YouTubes anywhere where I can find somebody smarter than me somebody with more experience than me to share how they got where they got their experience with the whole thing and tangible steps on how to get started with investing.
1: I think that getting, you know, doing your own research is the best place to start, right? I mean, you can kind of hone in on what specific area of investing you want to do, right? It doesn't really necessarily feel like you're being pressured to do anything because you're all doing it online, right? Right. That That being said, and we'll get into it as well, too, is... I don't find there's any better way to do research or to prep other than to talk to a professional as well, too.
0: Oh, well, experience is everything when it comes to investing. Right. And if you can talk with a professional who's been through it, either personally or with clients before, there's really no better way to gauge what you're about to go through than to have that conversation.
1: Exactly. Right. Because outside of that, you know, just with anything, you got to be careful with what you're reading online.
0: For sure. Well, and, you know, if you are going to do things online, follow things like, you know, podcasts I like. Obviously, one is the Rise in Real Estate Estate. podcast. I I would just say if you like this, like, subscribe, follow (laughs) for more. Uh, Another one would be something like Bigger Pockets or something like, uh, I would say if you're reading, maybe you read something like Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a great book Uh, or there's something um, I believe it's called The Millionaire Investor. That's also a fantastic read. So there are certainly books or podcasts that you could follow that have an abundance of education available yep. for you to educate yourself on pretty much any type of investing at this point. Yeah. What I would caution against though, is don't, don't analyze for like six years, right? Do, do six months yeah. of research and then start diving in because you'll never get started. Figure
1: a lot. it out, you know, work up what kind of questions you wanna ask someone, right? right? What I oftentimes do too outside of doing my own research is I used to like my personal network of people. Right. right. I mean, how many people, family, friends, colleagues do you know that have investment properties right now? Totally. Right. Those are great sources of info because they're literally going through it right now. For sure. Right. You know, and if you're going to read, you know, how to invest on properties 101, that's gonna gear you to how to invest on properties, right? right. But they're not gonna tell you all the bullshit you have to deal with. They're right. all like the nightmares that you're gonna to have to deal yeah. with as well too, Correct. right? So I think using your personal network is another good resource as well too.
0: The next thing you need to do after you use your personal network, you move beyond, okay, I've talked to people, I have a great idea of what I'm getting into. I do think it's a good idea to practice. So number two, practice running your numbers. You know. You and I take for granted maybe how often we run comps or look at different numbers for things. So it's easier to look at a property and quickly evaluate sort of a rough value in some capacities, right? Not everybody's used to doing that. And if you're looking at different properties side by side, each one's going to be a different opportunity. So with how things are going, particularly now with the market moving so quickly, I think it's advantageous to practice running numbers so that you know when you're looking at a property relatively quickly what value you wanna offer.
1: Exactly, and I mean, you can't find a single loan officer that won't run your numbers on, on, on an option or unit, right? right? So I think to get an all-encompassing estimate, to let you kind of know where, where you're getting yourself into it, it is also the next logical step in what we're talking about, right? right? Because when you're talking about investing on a property, it all comes down to the numbers, Always. right? It's all the numbers so for you to go out and get hot and heavy on a property when you don't know what the mortgage payment is i think it's kind of backwards a little bit right
0: yeah Yeah, you have to right you need to understand where you're at so you're practicing numbers so that you can see what a property would actually cost and when you're looking at numbers i'm talking about even beyond the mortgage right what is your tax bill what are your expected utilities costs are you going to pay management fees do you have local fees for rental like whatever it is you need to take that into account because you want a rough idea of, okay, properties cost this much in this area, roughly. Yep. Step number three, get in contact with a professional to talk about the lending side of things, right? And I do think that this starts with, you can network locally. I mean, you could do anything from going to meetups to meet a lender who works locally or trust somebody who's working like yourself, who manages multiple clients across multiple states so that you can recommend the right product that's needed.
1: Certainly, because you know there's, a, there's a whole, an abundance of products out there, right. especially, for people who are looking to invest, right? right? So, and I'll get into it a little bit in terms of investing as opposed to owner occupancy, but there are gonna be different guidelines, there's gonna be different rules, there's gonna be different regulations, right? But the most important thing to, to, I guess, to recognize or realize when you're investing in a property is it's gonna require a larger down payment, right? Right. 20% down you can get away with, but I would highly suggest at least 25% down, right? right. Um, it's also going to be, we're going to have a little bit higher interest rate on these programs as well. Anywhere from a half point to three quarters of a point. Because it's an investment, correct? Because it's an investment property. And why that is, is because these are considered more risky of an investment for the banks or the lenders, right? Say, for instance, if you own a property that you live in and you own a property that you rent out, you run into struggle, you run into a hard time, you lose your job, whatever it may be, which mortgage payment are you staying on top of? Yeah. Right. The one that you live in. Exactly. Right. So that's kind of the rationale between the interest rates is there as well, too. Okay. But again, a lot of this is geared towards a single unit investment property. Okay. Outside of just your single unit condo or family home that you can rent out, we also have to take into consideration multi-units. Right. Right. So multi-units are any property that's above two to four units. Okay. Once you get above four units, you're talking commercial, which I don't talk. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. But I do think that, you know, the
0: overall point is have a conversation with lender and you can have a conversation about both facets. You could say, if I was interested in looking at multi-unit properties, what type of loan could I get? If I'm looking at single family investments, what type of loan can I get? Right. And you can evaluate those side by side so that, you know, when you're in the marketplace, what can you afford? right um and i think you know this this really this greater step three here is figuring out your team so your team is the lender who's actually going to give you the financing and then the agent who's going to help you find the home so you now know from talking with you what loan products are available how much can you spend now you need to find an agent in the marketplace who's active who understands investing because it is a different mindset and it's a different way to run numbers and you want somebody who's going to be able to work with you as an investor because There's a very different way that investors search so buyers when they're active in the marketplace they see many they make few offers they buy one investors when they're active in the marketplace i know investors that make a hundred offers in a week and they just throw them everywhere right and a lot of those offers are very low and for most owners may even be seen as insulting but the point of that is that one or two out of those hundred offers will hit somebody who it does make sense for and that investor will catch a deal. It's a numbers game for them, right? So right. as a lender, as an agent, we work with those those types of buyers or those types of investors in a different way because A, the volume of work that they need is much higher, yep. but the, the success rate is much lower. So we have to balance with them. Okay, where are we focused? What are we working on? What are your goals? So it's a challenge for us professionally to keep them in rein on properties that are actually going to make sense for them. And it's a challenge for the investors to work with us so that they understand the numbers and the process.
1: Well, I would assume at the front end of your process, you're asking them what kind of investing they're doing, right? Always, Is this this a property we're going to be hanging on to and renting out? Or is this a property we're going to fix, hang on to for a little bit and flip? I'm assuming the search is going to be dictated by that as well too. Well, and that's, you couldn't
0: even teed it up better if you tried. (laughs) Step number four, I do think you have your financing, you know the agent that you're working with that knows the area pretty well. I do think you need to pick your niche because the agent and the, the, the agent you want to work with is great. You have it established and you're great as a lender because we know that you're established and you're going to be able to provide financing. Right. But if we don't know what you're trying to do with that product, it's very difficult for us to guide you. Absolutely. So I do think that, again, number four here is you want to be focusing in on what your niche is. Are you going to do multi-unit investing? Is it short-term investing? Is it long-term rentals? Is it uh, flipping? Is it wholesaling? I mean, there's so many different ways that you can get involved in real estate. You got to pick one.
1: And I think it's worth saying there's no right or wrong answer here. This no, is a, this is a preference thing, right? You know, some people don't want to be a landlord, right? They Correct. want nothing to do with that. But they don't mind taking
0: on a construction project, Correct. right? And right. so that's, you have to figure that out for yourself. And maybe some of that is who you have access to in your life. Do you know contractors or are you just trying to be a landlord because you know maybe management companies?
1: Right. You know, or you, you just... You, you, you follow this, this house hacking thing too, right? right? You know, right. you want to do that. And hey, listen, I don't mind because I'm going to be living in this property as
0: well too. Well, and that's important to know because if you are house hacking, then you were just talking about how you need 20 to 25%. If you're house hacking, now you're a resident. So you only need three and a half to 5% minimum. So totally changes the down payment expectations when we're talking about these properties, if you're going to live in it or if you're an investor. So when you found your team, who you're going to work with for your loan products and define these properties, Then you need to niche down, figure out what are you focused on so that we can all be successful together in running the numbers, making sure that it makes sense, getting them an actual negotiated deal and then closing on the property ultimately, right? I mean, that's the goal.
1: And and you touched on it, having the team is gonna do nothing but streamline this process for you. right? You know, if you're you're trying to find your lender and then you gotta put them with your real estate agent, I mean, it's gonna be an actual added step for you and something that already has a plethora of steps.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, and so I think now you've got your team, you understand what you're focused in. Now it's a process of running numbers and making offers. And that's step number five. Run your numbers, make offers. And like we said, investors might make 100 offers before they get one deal on a property, right? Like, depending on your strategy, it might be very difficult to find properties that meet your criteria at the budget you need. Particularly now when things are selling at a higher price point. Right. So... It's gonna take time to find properties with me that you can evaluate and make an offer on. And then you need to understand what your numbers are so that you can talk to Derek or your lender and have a conversation about, okay, this is
1: what we're focused on.
0: This is the type of loan product I need.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because if you know what you're getting yourself into and you're working with a cohesive group, that takes this process a little less daunting. For sure. You know what you're getting yourself into, you know what to expect. And you kind of take out a lot of that unknown, which ultimately results in stress.
0: Yeah, agreed. The more stress you can remove from the process along the way, I think the better served you'll be, particularly as you get started with like tenants in place or anything like that. Right. Right. Um, So I would actually so that's number six, I would say, and this could have been number five, was sort of simultaneous. But number six, beyond getting your team who's practically going to help you find the investment. Get your support system in place to support that investment. This
1: isn't a process where you close and then find your contractors. No, you right? want them to start the day of closing, right after you get the key. You want you want them you want them at your inspection so they know what they need to do. To right the place, right? right. And then you have the next couple of weeks to figure it out. So,
0: assuming it's going to take work to find a property, I mean. Could you get lucky in day one, just find a deal? Absolutely. So it does make sense to get this team aligned sooner rather than later. Yeah. But in the in the meantime, when you're out here trying to prospect and make a hundred offers on properties, you should be also be contacting contractors, handyman. Uh, you know, if you're going to shop lenders, that would be the time to do it, right? Yeah. Make sure that you're working with the right team. If you're sure. going to have realtor interviews, that would be the time to do it to make sure you're with the right team. You don't wanna get so far down the pike and then try to make
1: massive change. I mean, it's just going to make it so much harder. It's, you know, the wheels will fall off. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I'm sure you can speak to this more so than I, but contractors are tough to get a hold of right now. Yeah. You know, really? they're they're very selective with the work that they want to do. Too. Right. 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 So those that could take advantage of their uncle or their cousin who may have some experience or may actually do that for a job. I think they're setting themselves up a little bit differently as now. About.
0: Number seven is get systems in place. So if you have, let's say you're working on flipping, you want to have your contractors set up. You want to make sure that if you're going to pay for that of a business banking account, you've got that account set up with money in it ready to go, yep. right? Yep. You want to have your appraisals, your uh, architects, whoever you need to get involved, you want them aligned in advance. And that would be your systemization of so, scheduling, yeah.
1: you're, right? Your real estate agent hunting down people to rent it, right? right? I mean, when you're talking about investing in a property, you're talking about running a business. Right? It is a business, right? What successful business do you know? Doesn't have predetermined or preset processes, right? None of right. them,
0: and that's and the other thing is. So let's say you're not flipping. Let's say you are going to have a rental, maybe short term or long term. You need to have the systems in place for like if you're doing a security deposit, do you have a bank account to hold that security deposit? Do you have a process for collecting rent? Do you have uh, the building rules that you can share? Do you have a lease that you can share? Right? Have everything ready. So that once you own this property, you hit the ground running with trying to find a tenant or get contractors in or whatever it is, you're not trying to put it all together the day of or the day after or the week after, right? When you're losing money.
1: You're going to do nothing but lose money in that right. instance, right? right? And you could very well lose a good candidate as well, too. Absolutely. Right? Because, you know, if I was looking at renting a place mm-hmm. and the owner just wasn't buttoned up and I was getting piecemealed contracts and stuff like that, I'm out. Yeah. Right? I agree. You know, I'm out. I agree. So like this first person is supposed to be managing your shelter, right? That's <laughs> <not working. laughs> they can't put together a contract. Right. So that could scare some people off as well, too. And this is a process where you could, you know, I guess, change, adjust, update over time as well too. Right. you know, many investors and we'll touch on it. Don't just invest once. Right. Right. They invest multiple times. Well, yeah. And I think that's that's really
0: what number eight is on this list is. Number eight is learn from the experience and make change to adapt. So you're gonna have some hiccups that come along, unanticipated costs, whatever it might be that you didn't anticipate with that investment, learn from that and use it to take forward either in future investments or in how you change the management of that investment. But the worst thing you can do as an investor is to not learn from the errors of your ways and just lose money. And just constantly lose money,
1: which people do all the time, right? Right. right? You know, whether it be, they kind of get familiar with some of their processes that may not work or are as efficient and it's just easy to them right?
0: well and and keep in mind and maybe if there's one slogan that you can take away from this podcast and we've said it before is that you make your money when you buy so when you're making these investments you, you the reason we tr- ha- stress making you know sure you know how to run, run the numbers you know your financing it's because you only get one shot to get a deal on this place and yeah. to get it under contract and get it done If you miss that and you made a bad deal somewhere else, like maybe your contractors miss and things take longer than they thought or whatever else, if you got a good deal to start, at least you left yourself some runway for that bad deal not to be extremely uh, detrimental to your bank account. right? So when I think about this, I would say that's critical in the whole process is just learn from the experience, make sure you're setting yourself up for success, especially if you're gonna do this
1: again. Multiple times, right? right? Because again, like you had mentioned, It's going to do nothing but help you. And then by helping yourself, you're making yourself more money.
0: Right. And not only your experience, but number nine, find a mentor. Some people would argue you don't need mentors in life. It's not a mandatory thing. But I'm such a huge advocate of aligning yourself with somebody who's ahead of you in the journey you want to be on and can teach you something. I think there's so much value in doing that. So if I was going to recommend anything to everyone, I would say align yourself with a mentor who's been through similar experience, hopefully similar investment categories. And is where you want to be a few years down the line so that you learn and learn from somebody who's gone through some of the
1: challenges ahead of you. Absolutely. I mean, we do that in our business as well, too. Right. Right. And there's a lot of people who I've taken a lot of lessons from. But, you know, inversely on the other side, there's a lot of people I've taken what to learn not to do from people. Right. Right. Good, bad, ugly. Right. So, I mean, and most people wanna talk about these experiences, right? Because it does nothing but help them make them better as well too.
0: Well, and there are free mentors. You can just go to meetups and things and meet people who you trust and value their opinion. And you can try to learn from them and try to offer value to them so that they give you value back. My number one tip, if you're trying to meet a mentor is bring value to them so that they bring value back to you. You have to give to get, Uh, but you can also pay for mentorship. There are plenty of coaching systems available or masterminds out there or groups you can join where there are people who are focused on similar ideas, focused the same direction,
1: and you can find accountability and things to help you grow. Yeah, there's more than enough professionals out there, right? Like oh. you said, we utilize it all the time. You'd be a fool to not ask for help. I agree,
0: 100%. Right. And, that's, so, and then the last part of this, I think, and this is speaking of being a fool, the way you become a fool with investing is you just stop too soon. Yeah. So number 10 is repeat this process and continue diversifying your investments. Now that goes beyond real estate. You can invest in the stock market. You can invest in REITs. You can invest in whatever you want to invest in. But I do think that it is so beneficial and the number one way to build, you know, incrementally build wealth, uh, generational wealth, is to acquire assets like real estate that give you passive income on top of your
1: day-to-day job so that you can set your family up for success. I know people making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year off just the residuals of their properties right now. A hundred percent, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, it's it boggles my mind. But then when you think about it, once you've done well off the first one, you want to do another one.
0: Well, and it builds on itself. You hear people say this, like, it's hard to make a million dollars, but once you do, it's easier to make $10 million. Or it's hard to buy one investment property, but once you do, it's easier to buy 10 investment properties. And it's true. The reason is, as you start going, you learn from the experience, you have fewer hiccups, you get better at what you're doing, better at your crafts, but you also are gaining assets and gaining income along the way. So that only makes you a bigger, better, more serious investor in the marketplace, right? If you have assets to leverage against future investments, that's how you go from buying You know, hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars single-family properties to buying multi-million-dollar
1: investments. I mean, there used to be a time where investors were beating out everybody, right? You know, because they had the capital to do it, right? Right. How do you get the capital to do it? Invest, right? You know, so. leverage the assets, right? And this shouldn't be one thing that you just do once and you do well. And you're like, Okay, I'm out. I'm ready, Right? Yeah, I get it. If you don't want to then you know, and if if it was stressful, then don't do it. But
0: I look at how many people even if you just want to think about it from the tax benefits, right? If you collect just the income from a great sale, you sit on it. Oh, now you got to pay the capital gains, right? The other option is take that income, roll it into your next project, your next investment, multiple investments, and just continue to grow take on positive debt take on
1: positive assets and continue to grow your, your your portfolio. I feel like my mom would be terrified of somebody saying positive debt. <laughs> <laughs> so, is
0: that a millennial term? It's uh, positive it's debt. It's gotta be, right?
1: But no, <laughs> and I agree with you, right? So, so, so and I guess that goes into another point is if you are investing, you, you might need to step out of your comfort zone, you're right? Probably you might to. need to get a little creative and yeah. innovative because you're not going to hit a home run unless you, unless you do.
0: Right. Yeah. You most know? people don't knock it out of the park in their first investment, but they start somewhere and right. then they grow
1: from there. Right. Yeah. Um, outside of that, you know, anecdotally, I will say my favorite product for investment properties, okay, FHA multi-unit.
0: Oh, such a great deal. So I saw a list the other day, actually of top five um, multi-unit investment cities in the United States. Chicago was in the top five. I believe it was number two, meaning that buying here in a multi-unit situation and then renting out the other units that you don't live in has the highest potential return or the highest potential ability to pay off your mortgage of like any city in America or within the top five. And so what you're saying is you can acquire that using as little as three and a half percent down. Correct?
1: Correct. So what we touched on earlier, most investment, you know, is 20% down the play. Right. If that, right? If you like the idea of a multi-unit and you can stomach paying mortgage insurance, you can get into a three, four flat, two flat with as little as three and a half percent.
0: Right. And with rental rates being as high as they are, even if your monthly payment's a little bit higher with the mortgage insurance than you want, Chances are good You're you can collect pretty with well. Those with
1: the You're offsetting it with those investments, right? You know, so there is a negative connotation about FHA, which I understand that it's out there, right? But at the same time, if you can work the product to your benefit,
0: this is the way to do it. Well, and you don't have to put three and a half percent down, right? If you want to put ten or fifteen percent, just you don't have the traditional twenty to twenty five. That might be a product that will work for you. The whole point of it is that it allows you to put less down than your traditional
1: 25% investment category loan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in some instances, when some people want to get into an investment property and they don't have the 20% down, this is what I offer up. Right. Hey, maybe think about a multi-unit. Yeah. And then, you know, you start to perk up a little bit. Now, that goes to be saying it has to be owner-occupied, right? Right. You have to to live in it. Um, but again, if you're looking in the same area you want to live at, why not give it a shot?
0: You know what? Uh, as a benefit for everybody watching in the show notes, we'll go ahead and include a link to the FHA loan limits just so they can see it because uh, I think that would be beneficial. So. And I can
1: assure you, I do not have them memorized. Yeah, <laughs> and they change all the time. They oh, don't make we'll it, it easy on me. You know, it's like six forty-seven, two twenty-two, thirty. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah, codes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll put that. I think that would be worth worth worth, worth noting.
0: Uh, we'll also link some of the books that were mentioned, some of the podcasts that were mentioned, including this one. Once again, if you like it, like, subscribe, follow. Uh, we appreciate any opportunity you have to share this. I think for today, Derek, we've covered really the gamut of how you can get started investing. Any other last minute thoughts you want to leave everybody
1: with? Just to reiterate, it's, it seems to be that the planning seems to be the most important part, but also aligning yourself with professionals. Right. right. And that's obviously where we come in.
0: Yep. You know? Seek mentorship. Use your experience to learn and plan well, and you should be in a good good spot for success. Sick microphones though, right? Yeah, the mics are pretty awesome. Are so pretty now let's just see and see how the audio turned out. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time on the Rise in Real Estate Podcast. Take care.